Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor, care what, nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice done so she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We've been uh, talking about spiritual disciplines, which are certain practices that Christians engage in in order to grow in their faith and stay close to God. Things like reading the Bible, coming to church, taking communion. And, and among these different disciplines, one of the most important for us is the discipline of prayer. We learn both from the example and also from the teaching of Jesus that as his followers, we really should be setting aside time every day for prayer. Now, a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of us do. I mean, prayer is not easy. We get distracted. We get discouraged. We, we just kind of uh, give up on praying. And because Jesus loves us and because he knows that we struggle with this, he told us this parable from Luke chapter 18 just to, just to help us with, with this struggle. The, uh, verse 1 tells us the purpose for the parable. It says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Believer, isn't that something? Jesus does not want you to give up. He wants to help you. Well, we might ask, well, okay, how does, this, how does this parable help us to keep praying? And I think it helps us by teaching us two very important things. This teaches us first why prayer is important, and it teaches us where we can find the power to keep praying. So it teaches us the importance of prayer and the power to, to keep at it. So we'll start with uh, the importance. I'm sure you would probably agree with me that prayer is important. But Jesus would say to all of us, oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. It's far more important than we realize. Now, um, in, in this parable, Jesus compares our situation to that of a widow who is pleading with a judge to protect her from someone who is oppressing her. That's the picture that he paints. He says there was a town, there was a judge in that town, and then in verse 3 he says, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And believer Jesus, here's what he's saying to you. He's saying, you are that widow. That widow is you. And we say, well, what does that mean? Well, first, this means we are weak. Prayer is important because we are weak. Widows in ancient times 
were among the most defenseless, most vulnerable members of their society. I mean, women in general did not have uh, legal status, legal rights. Women very, had very few opportunities to work, to gain, it, to gain a living. And so a woman who had been widowed would often find herself without financial resources, without social standing, without legal protection. For, for example, in 2 Kings chapter 4, we read of a widow whose children were being sold into slavery to pay off her debts, and she couldn't do anything about it. In, in uh, Mark chapter 12, Jesus denounced rich people who were stealing the homes and the lands away from widows. There, there are still places in the world today where widows are forced into a life of begging or prostitution. So, so when Jesus compares our situation to that of a widow, he's saying that we are helpless, we are defenseless, we are weak. And maybe that hurts your feelings. Like, Jesus, how dare you call me weak? But listen, would, just think, would you agree with me that there are some important areas of life over which we really have no control? I mean, no control. For example, let me, let me ask you some questions. Will the U.S. economy collapse in the next 10 years? Will our nation be attacked and go to war? Will a hurricane strike New York City this fall? I mean, you get the point. Not only do we not know the answer to those questions, we realize that we have no control at all over the, whether these things happen. And that's, that's true with much more personal areas of life. Here's some more questions. Will your health decline in the coming year? Parents, will your children rebel against the Lord someday? Married people, will your spouse always be faithful to you? For all of us, will we see our loved ones again? Will you wake up tomorrow? Now, ultimately, I don't mean to get us all discouraged. Ultimately, we're not, we're not in control of these things, are we? We don't determine these things. And so when Jesus compares us to this widow, just kind of highlighting our weakness, I don't think he's going too far. He's, he's just wanting us to know why we need to pray. So the first reason why we need to pray is because we are weak. Second reason we need to pray is because we have an adversary in the, in the parable. Uh, now, we don't know the details behind the story. We don't know what was going on behind the scenes. But we're told that this widow has an adversary, maybe someone trying to steal her lands, maybe a landlord uh, sexually harassing her, maybe, you know, maybe someone trying to hurt. We don't know the details. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but she has an adversary. It's the same with us. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but the Bible tells us we have an adversary. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We have an adversary. Matthew chapter 4 calls him the tempter. And we've all experienced him that way, haven't we? Matthew chapter 13 calls him the enemy. You know what that means, that he's the enemy? It means he hates you. Revelation 12 calls him the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before the throne of God day and night. Revelation 22 calls him the deceiver of the whole world. We read in Ephesians 6 that the devil 
schemes. He actively schemes to bring about the downfall of believers. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 that he endeavors to outwit the church, just completely distract and mislead a community of faith. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that he disguises himself so that we don't recognize what he's up to. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 that the devil lies. He always lies. So I don't know how you feel about this or whether you believe it or not, but the Bible would say that just like the widow in in this parable, we have an adversary. We have someone seeking to destroy us, destroy our families, destroy our church, destroy our community. Someone would say, oh, you're so, you must be so naive if you believe in the devil. And Jesus, maybe he would say, Oh, you're naive if you don't. You watch the news? You read the papers? You see what happens in people's lives? So, so this is, Jesus saying, this is why prayer is important, because there's someone against us. Have you ever heard the old saying? You heard this. There are no atheists in foxholes. And I guess that what, what that means is everyone starts praying when they're under attack. ACC, we're under attack. That's, you see the point Christ is making? Saying we, we, prayer is vital. We are weak. We are defenseless in ourselves. There is an evil one who wants to destroy us. So it's important. And the third reason why prayer is important is because, here's the good part, there's someone who can help us. There's someone who can deliver us. See, here's, here's what I think we often forget. Christian, listen to me. When you pray, you are not talking to the ceiling, right? When you pray, you're not just performing your religious duty. When you pray, you're not engaging in some kind of cathartic exercise that will help you feel better so you have peace for the day. It might do that, but that's not the purpose. When you pray, you're speaking to the living God. He hears you, and it's okay to say amen to something like that, all right? He, he has unlimited power. He has infinite wisdom. And here's the, here's the main thing. He has authority over everything and anything in, in, in your world. See, that's, that's the, in this parable, there's this judge. And all right, we'll talk about this. The judge is not a good guy, okay? He's, he's corrupt. He's selfish. He's indifferent to the needs of others. The widow knows that about him, but she knows something else about this judge. She knows this man has authority. She knows that, that with just a stroke of his pen, a word from his mouth, her problem can be resolved. Believer, let me ask you a question. Do you know that about your God? Just a word from his mouth. Listen, we sang about this before, didn't we? This amazing God. He created the universe. He sustains all things by his word of power. The life of every creature in the planet is in his hands. He determines the courses of the stars. He governs the actions of the nations. He orchestrates the unfolding of history. He's got authority. He's in charge. And here's the wonderful thought. This same God is eager to exert that authority in your life for your good because he loves you our god our god can heal wounded hearts our our god can fix broken bodies 
Our God can restore damaged marriages and break the bonds of addiction. Our, our God can bring wandering children home again. He listen, he does that stuff all the time. He's doing some of those very things today throughout the world. This is, guys, this is our God to whom we pray. So here's the point Christ is making. It's a simple story. We're weak, the devil is bad, but God is in control. Pray. You see the, the point? So the first point is that prayer is important. Now, the second point is where do we get the power to keep praying? And that's an important question. In, in the parable, this widow, she, she, the reason she receives the help she needs, the reason the judge responds is because she just wouldn't stop. She would not give up. She just kind of keeps haranguing him. You're going to give me justice. You're going to do what needs to be done. And, and so she will not stop. But here's the problem. Sometimes we do stop. Have you, ever, have you ever struggled? Let me just be honest. Have you ever struggled to have a, a, a consistently active, meaningful life of prayer? That happens. You know, the answers don't come quickly. We start to get discouraged. There's always other things going on. They grab for our attention. We get, we, we get distracted. And pretty soon we find we're, you know, if, if we're praying at all, it's just a little tiny bit. And so we need to ask this question. If prayer is so important, where can we get the power so that we don't stop? We keep at it. Well, the answer to that question, I think, is found in another question that, that Jesus asked at the very end of this passage. He, asked, he, asked, he ends the parable by asking a question, which is not the question I would have expected from him. It just kind of throws me. Let, let me read for us, starting at verse 6. It says this, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? There's one version of the Bible that renders that. And will not God do right by his children? Won't he do right by us? Jesus says, will he not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And then here's the unusual question. However, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? Now, here's why that, that seems like an unlikely question to me, because the point of the story is keep on praying, right? So I would expect Jesus to end it by saying, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find people praying? Will he find prayer on the earth? But he doesn't say, will he find prayer on the earth? He says, will he find faith on the earth? Now, why does he do that? He, he got distracted. He forgot what he was saying. No, he's making a point here. Why does he say faith and not prayer? Because where there is faith, you will find prayer. When people believe, they do seek God in prayer. It's, it's like he's, he's saying to us, listen, the power to keep on praying is faith. If you believe, you pray. And see, I, I, Now, that kind of... That kind of uh, maybe ruffles our feathers and, and, and offends us a little bit. Here's what I think Christ is saying. He's saying to us, listen, if you are struggling to have a consistent, meaningful life of prayer, the problem really is not that you don't have enough time in your schedule. And we know that because you post on Facebook. You have time. Listen, we always have time for things that we think are necessary. 
you think you have to go to the doctor or because you might be really sick, you will find time for it, right? So the problem, Jesus said, it's not really that you don't have time or it's not really that you don't have self-discipline. You have self-discipline? You brush your teeth every day, right? I hope so. We always have discipline for things that we think are necessary. If, if you or I are struggling, we're not really praying, Jesus would say, here's the, here's the problem. And he says this lovingly. At some level, you don't really believe. Maybe you don't believe that God loves you. Maybe you don't believe that God cares about your problems. Maybe you don't believe that God can really help you. But this way he says, will I find faith? If I find faith, prayer is no problem. But will I find faith? He's, he's saying, at some level, you're not believing. So he's telling us the power that drives prayer. When you find a church where there is a, a, a prayer meeting that's packed with people, it's because they believe. They're expecting something to happen. They're not going there for the coffee and donuts. They're expecting. They believe. So the power to keep praying comes from faith. Now, the idea behind this parable, I hope that you caught this, Jesus, is he's contrasting God to the judge. He's telling us that God is the opposite of this judge. The judge, he's a bad guy. He's cold, he's callous, he's apathetic about people suffering. And Jesus is saying, God is the exact opposite of that. Listen, he's your father. He loves you. He cares about you. He's the opposite of, this, of the judge. So the point of the story is this. He's saying, if even a callous, corrupt judge will give justice to someone who keeps asking for it, how much more will your Father who loves you do right by you if you don't stop praying? And the power to keep praying is just to believe. God is my Father. He does love me. He does care about the problems in my life or my family. He does have the power to resolve, and He will respond. So there's the answer. Struggling with prayer? You need faith. Now, I can't end the sermon there, right? Because how do you get faith? I mean, what if you're struggling to believe? We often do. Can I, is it all right if I say that, that we often do struggle really to believe these things? Where, where would we get the faith that would drive us to keep crying out to God, expecting that he loves us and he'll answer? There's, there's a verse in the Bible, Romans 10, verse 17, that answers that question. Where does faith come from more clearly than any, than any place I can think of? Romans 10, verse 17 says this. Faith comes from hearing the message about Christ. Faith, in other words, faith isn't something that you churn up in, in your own heart through your self-effort. It's not something that you manufacture through, through uh, your attempts to make it happen. Faith comes from hearing the message about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is this amazing news that even though we are sinners, listen, God loves you so much, believer. He sent his son to die for you, and then he raised his son from the dead for you so that you could be his child forever. You say, all right, I don't see the connection there. How's that going to help me pray? All right, you're struggling to pray? Listen to me. Listen to me. God gave his son for you. You think he hates you? God gave his son for you. 
You think he's going to forget about you? God gave his son for you. You think he doesn't care about what's going on in your life? Come on. Romans, Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Don't doubt his love. He gave his son for you. Now you might be saying, okay, the problem with me right now is not that I'm doubting his love. I'm just kind of doubting his power because you have no idea what's going on in my life, going on in my family. I mean, these problems are too big. God can't help me. Okay, then let's move on with the gospel. Not only did God give his son for you, listen to me. God raised his son from the dead dead. Okay, but I have problems that are really big. God raised his son from the dead. Yeah, but I have bills I don't know if I can pay. God raised his son from the dead, but you don't understand the problem. God raised his son from the dead. Can he work in your life? Can he change your family? Can he save your loved ones? Can, can, he, can he... Of course, the answer is yes. You see how... Why this is so important for us to hear the gospel. Now, if you're like me, I've got to hear it every day. I'm so dumb, I forget. I keep forgetting. I need to hear this. It drives my prayer. I'm talking to a God. He doesn't have to do anything to prove to me that he loves me. He already gave his son for you too. He doesn't have to do anything more to prove his power. He already raised his son for you too. And that builds faith that drives prayer. So the point of the parable is, Jesus says, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Now, as you can tell, God doesn't always answer quickly, right? Why? I don't know. I have discovered this in my own life when, when I run into those areas where I have to keep praying and praying and praying and praying for God to answer. You know what, you know what ends up happening? I get to know God a lot better. And I wonder if that's one of his reasons. You think? Maybe he just wants, he loves us and he wants us to know him better. So he will often we have to persist in prayer. And you should know this, that God will not always give you exactly what you ask for. I'm glad for that. I'd be married to the wrong person if he did that. There'd be a lot of things wrong in our life. He always gave us exactly. He doesn't give you exactly what you ask for. But I'll tell you this. God will give you, believer, exactly what you would have asked for if you knew everything that he knows. He knows what he's doing in your life and in the lives of others. His plan is way beyond our comprehension. So, pray. Keep praying. When you struggle to, to pray, don't ask, God, give me self-discipline. Say, God, give me faith. Remind me again of the gospel. You really love me. You really are listening. And pray. Well, let's pray right now. Father, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, and we lay before you our needs and concerns. I pray that you will give us faith to persist in seeking you in prayer. I pray specifically for any here who are not even sure yet that they've come to, to know and believe in Jesus, that you would give them faith to persist in seeking him. And that as they seek him, you would find them. Maybe even today they would cross the line of beginning to believe and trust in Christ. 
And I pray for the rest of us who know Christ, that we would remember that we have a God who listens and we have an enemy who hates us, and we would be a church that prays and prays and prays, expecting you to, to respond. We ask this for your glory. Amen.